Welcome in. This is the latest edition of the Character Concerns Podcast. My name is Chris Nocero, joined as always by my guy, Jay Binkley. And now we are done with the regular season for college football. Bowl season has started up now. We just saw some bowl games get played this past weekend. Um, who was it? Georgia Southern, and I cannot remember who there they were. There were seven playing. bowl games. It was the Myrtle <laughs> Beach Bowl. There were seven games in New Mexico State played in the New Mexico Bowl, and but they ended up being seven different bowl games uh, period last weekend as they kind of got un- underway. Um, it was the first weekend, the first full weekend, I actually thought last weekend was was a really nice weekend. Jacksonville State played Louisiana in the New Orleans Bowl. That Myrtle Beach Bowl you're talking about yeah. was Georgia Southern and Ohio. Ohio. Or Ohio. Yeah. Uh, first time ever they had 10 wins in back-to-back seasons, believe it or not. The Cure Bowl. There's a bunch of them. And there were some prospects. I was watching. The other good news was the Division II finals were, were the Saturday as well. So you had the Division II finals, bowl games. You had the FCS semifinals with North Dakota State and Montana. And really, there's not heavy draft prospects on either one of them. Because sometimes you do have a few guys here and there, especially at schools like Montana or North Dakota State. Uh, but it wasn't really to, to set to be uh, for this weekend. But what a great football day. And then you had the NFL on. And so it was, it was uh, I think, one of the uh, most underrated uh, football days. Yeah, Saturday was pretty strong as far as football levels. content goes. There was a lot of games on. Um I know that the uh the the Vikings Bengals game came that went to overtime and so yeah, absolutely. There was a ton going on there and it was really interesting to watch. Um but where we're going to start is with the Kansas City Chiefs and with their current rookie class. We did this, I want to say it was a couple months ago. Um, where we kind of updated the progress of the 23 uh, class for the draft class for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think it's a good time here. We're in mid-December now. Christmas is next week. It's a good time, I think, for us to update this rookie class and kind of give you a progress, uh, uh, show you where the progress is for that class that we talked about so much. After, you know, before and after the draft that happened here in Kansas City. Um, and I want to start with the first-round pick, a guy that I predicted would end up with the Chiefs, a guy that we kind of, you know, toiled over who we think they're going to take. Felix Onyedeke Uzama, edge rusher, Kansas State. A lot of pomp and circumstance with this draft. With his selection in the draft, he was at the draft earlier, then went home, had a draft party, was selected by the Chiefs there at 31st overall. And uh, he's appeared in 14 games this year, has not gotten very many snaps, which I think both me and you and even Nick thought was not going to be something that was going to happen. We did not think he was going to play a ton this year because um, unless there there was an injury that happened, this is a team that, frankly, didn't need Felix for 2023. This was a developmental pick for the future. And I think we've seen that. In 14 games this year, he's had 11 tackles, half a sack, seven pressures. That's it. And I don't think that there's some Chiefs fans that are mad about that. I personally don't think that there's any reason for us to be mad about it because, frankly, it's kind of what I expected. Wasn't expecting too much. And the one thing is, what was going to be the philosophy? Because the year before, 
And this year was kind of Chris. I remember we were talking about draft night. We were kind of talking about house money. Yeah. There wasn't that one pressing need. You say, all right, this is what they need to draft. Except for wide receiver. I think that yeah. we could agree that was probably more pressing for the Chiefs. But the previous year was because they had to get find a running back. As Brett Beach talked about an undrafted running back or a seventh-round running back being good. And clearly Pacheco worked, led the team in rushing last year. He had five of his defensive backs playing the Super Bowl. That was crazy. They had 61 starts by rookies last year. The two teams that they actually had more starts than the Chiefs were picking one and two in the draft. That just shows you how much the rookies were a part of it. And that's what happens when you pay your quarterback more than any highest percentage of any Super Bowl winning quarterback was Patrick Mahomes as far as what he takes uh, from the team. So they had to benefit from that. And Felix kind of got caught in that. I mean, you hear all the rumors the Chiefs are trying to trade down. They're getting so good, people are not taking their phone calls now. They don't want to make them better. And so this is one of the problems of Brett Veach, uh, a good problem to have is when teams won't take your phone call anymore. But Felix, and Zany Reed's always said, you can't have enough pass rushers. But was it going to be a guy that could come in, be right away? Because I think he was just a little bit behind Karloftis. Because Karloftis was ready to go last year. Yeah. Like he, he was, was ready to go as a rookie. Felix isn't quite ready in that situation. But there wasn't a bunch of options. If they weren't going to trade down, there was not a bunch of options where they were drafting. Right, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I think they got best available at that time. I think they got a guy that works for the team. Again, because of the wide receiver situation, there's a lot of people out there that have been angry at the Chiefs for taking Felix. I'm not going to be mad at, him, mad at them for it because I like Felix. I think he fits in well with what they like to do. I just think that it was a move where it's like, hey, we can kind of afford to make a luxury pick, and this is where we go. We get a luxury guy. Certainly, maybe next year, if something does happen with Chris Jones, he does end up leaving, they can kind of slide Omenihue a little bit more to the inside. If they keep Dana, they can slide him in more inside, and Felix can play the edge opposite Karloftis. And now it justifies the pick. So I, I think that was more so a contingency than anything. Um, in the second round, Chiefs traded up, and they went and took Rashi Rice, wide receiver at SMU. Uh, and thus far during the season, he has 68 receptions, 754 yards, and seven touchdowns. As a matter of fact, in yesterday's game against the Patriots, he set a franchise record for touchdown catches for a rookie wide receiver. Um, I think we can very much say that this was a successful pick thus far. Uh, he is He could very well be in line to have a 1,000-yard season, which I don't think any of us thought would happen for him. Certainly you could see the potential there if you watch his tape at SMU. But I think a lot of us thought, you know, hey, wide receiver, rookie wide receiver in Andy Reid's system, probably going to be a little bit there. Probably going to take a little bit of time. Going to take a little bit of time. The other thing, too, is second in catches now as far as all rookie receivers taken, not pass catchers because Kincaid and Laporta just barely ahead of him. And number three in rookie rookie wide receiver yards. That's pretty big. Like, when you think of the wide receivers last year, okay, they got the guy that's number two in catches this year. So we can say what we want about Rice, and people may be not happy with his development right away. And I will say it takes guys a little bit to get – rookie receivers don't usually benefit a lot from Andy Reid's system initially. Right. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. And then, of course, you got to deal with the rookie wall the guy's hit, but he keeps getting better. And we saw – Different guys like Karloftis just got better. Karloftis was so good at the end of the so year. So you want to see who's getting better. Um, 
Heck, Sky Moore actually got a little bit better, and then he kind of regressed this year. Not kind of, he did regress this year. But the one thing, too, is because this always comes up with Brett Veach and his draft flaws, always comes up. I get it on the post-game show and all this, I get, well, Brett Veach can't draft wide receivers just because he doesn't have a Justin Jefferson on the team. But here's the thing. He hasn't really had to try. I mean, he always had Tyreek Hill there, and then he makes a trade for Tyreek Hill and gets enough picks that he parlays that into a Super Bowl. But I'll say this. So he's had two the last two years. Second-round receiver, Sky Moore. Sky Moore is not living up to expectations. I thought highly of Sky Moore coming out of the draft. Even mocked Sky Moore in, in one to the Chiefs because he caught everything. He was one of those guys that was a hard worker, and he caught everything. I thought he'd fit into the system. This year, the Chiefs were settled on Rasheed Rice, a guy that had worked out with Mahomes down in Texas. But here's the thing. Doesn't Rasheed Rice count for Brett Veach? How did he get here? Like, I mean, he got here because of the draft. You know, the, 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 as I always say, the, the Magic Ferry didn't sprinkle down and say, oh, here's Rasheed Rice. No, Brett Veach went out and grabbed him. In a year where he wasn't going to get many wide receivers, he's going to get one. He was going to get one because he only got two offensive skill positions, or not just two offensive positions, not skill positions, but Rice and Wanya Morris that Friday night of the draft. We were at center block. It's the only two he got. But I think that Rice shows a little bit that he's good at receivers because he panned out and he's worked out. Now, I do think if Brett Veach was tasked with, okay, get three receivers in the draft, I would venture to say that two of three of those are probably going to work out. It's going to be a more concentrated draft. He's been concentrating on defensive backs and edge rushers and things like that. Let him concentrate on receivers, which I do think this year will be, and see what happens. But so far, the returns of investment of Rasheed Rice are paying off for the Chiefs. Already a rookie uh, touchdown uh, record for Kansas City. Before the 22 draft, the narrative was that he couldn't draft edge rushers because of Breland Speaks. And that's what that's what this all comes down to. It's He makes one mistake, picks one guy wrong. In this case, Sky Moore, and then he also did trade for... Kadarius Tony, which some people are attributing to the draft, which was just a trade. Those two didn't work out. But if you're going to criticize him for those two moves, you got to give him credit for Rashi Rice. And so this idea that he can't draft wide receivers is just false because Rashi Rice right now is setting rookie records, rookie franchise records for receivers. You know, receiving touchdowns could very well set a record for, for receiving yards. Um, He's in great position to, uh, I think, shatter the expectations that a lot of people had for him and and in, in in his rookie season. So yeah, I, I think you got to give him credit if you're gonna give if you're gonna criticize Brett Veach for those moves. You got to give him credit for the Rashi Rice pick. So yeah, that the whole narrative of he can't draft wide receivers it is an is an emotional argument. Yeah. It is not a logical one. Yeah, well, last year's draft class and wide receivers wasn't a great one. You know, I mean, Puka Nakua surprised everybody into being the best fifth one round the pick, and he was the best receiver in the every draft team class. passed on him four times. You yeah, know, before he got there. So, you know, yeah. So everybody missed on that one. It wasn't just Brett Veach, but that's the best wide receiver in last year's draft class. Jordan Addison, guys like that are right there too. It's guys that I like. Zay yeah, Flowers. but R- Rashi's been better than them. Uh, so moving on to the third round, you've got uh, right tackle Wanye Morris, and uh, he got moved over to left tackle very early in, in in training camp with the second team, which was interesting to us. And he had he was inactive in the early part of the season. Then he started dressing in late October, and then by November he was starting to see some playing time at left tackle, which me and you have both talked about. 
Andy's very cautious with left tackles. He does not. Eric Fisher did not start his career at left tackle. He was a right tackle. They had Brandon Albert there. He was there for a year. They let him go. He went to Miami, and then they moved Eric over to the left side. If you look at Wanye's progress, he started the last two games. Is he great? No. But you see some promise. I think I actually think he's an excellent run blocker. Like, you watch him. go, Just watch him maul the defensive ends in the run game. Like, he is – there was one play, and I tweeted it out. It's like he he mauled the edge rusher there in on, the, on a run play that kind of helped spring Clyde a little bit for a nice little – I think it was like five or six-yard gain. I mean, he literally pushed the dude back like six, seven yards, almost put him on his ass. It was it was a very great run block by Wanye, but then the very next play he gave up a he gave up a, a sack I believe. As a as a pass protector, he needs work, uh, especially f- for speed rush guys. Speed rush guys definitely are, are causing him a little issue, but I believe that he has a lot of talent, and I think that with uh, Andy Heck, their offensive line coach there, I think they're going to be able to kind of put that together. And uh, I really like the progress that we've seen from Wanye thus far, even though, again, he was a right tackle at Oklahoma. And I think we both thought that he was probably going to be a right tackle prospect and Jawan was going to play the left. And now you look at him, and you're like, Jawan's the starting right, and he's now getting the left side. And to be honest, I kind of feel like even when Donovan Smith is healthy, that Wanye should remain the starter at left tackle. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think that uh, really when you look at this rookie class, he's the most important one of the bunch. Um, even over even over a, from a from a value st- From a, a value yeah. standpoint, a roster construction standpoint, I agree with you. Because I've always felt like, as you said, you know, Reed, we, we talked about last year, you know, around the draft and how important was quarterback. We, we deep down all thought that he was going to go out and get a veteran quarterback. It's just what he likes. Not a great one, but you need someone that can facilitate a 98-yard drive like Chad Haney did. Not not gonna pee down your leg in, in right. you know in the someone stadium. who can who can come in and spell Nick Foles and, and these yeah. guys that they go out and grab Chase Daniel yeah. those type of guys Chad Henney's of the world Matt Moore those are what he wants not to start not to develop that's why Shane Bouchelle when people were thinking oh this guy's got something some well who cares he's never gonna start in Kansas City their, their job is not to develop Shane Bouchelle they want a guy and they're gonna bring in and sign a guy like Blaine Gabbert that's been there and been whether you've been good or not it doesn't matter can you run the offense. There, quarterback and left tackle. You've got to have someone you trust to protect the blind side of a half-billion-dollar quarterback. And that is Wanye. And Wanye actually started more games at left tackle than at right tackle. 17 games at left tackle, 12 at right tackle, only because when he was at Tennessee, where he played next to Trey Smith, he was a left tackle. Then he got moved to Oklahoma, and he was a backup left tackle. Then he was the left. Then, then, he, then he was a left tackle. But he spent time at right tackle at Oklahoma, at Tennessee, so he spent time at both at Oklahoma and more had him at the right tackle. Yeah, uh, that's where yeah that's where he was right when he tackle. Got drafted. Yeah, he, he was, was right drafted tackle. at right tackle, but he came as a left tackle uh, from Tennessee. But his development was going to you know he's given up sacks the last two weeks though. I mean it's been it one yeah. one is hard to even when you go back to Green Bay game he gave one, but I can't put a lot on him because he came in cold. He came in like right there, boom! They took advantage of it. Did what teams do when a new tackle comes in the game but the run blocking has been good and I think the Chiefs trust him um to this point and it's going to keep probably Jawan Taylor over on the right side I don't think you can trust Jawan Taylor uh to move over to the left side and, no, and step been, off another foot hell you can't even trust him to 
play the right tackle a whole hell of a lot. So, you yeah, know, I agree with you on that. Um, then we go to the fourth round. Your favorite guy in this draft class, Tremari Connor, who is a safety slash corner out of Virginia Tech. Um, not played a ton, but as the season's come along, he's getting a little bit more p- playing time now. Uh, he's got 22 tackles for the season. He's got one tackle for loss. He had a pick in last week's game against the Buffalo Bills, and he also has a pass deflection as well. Uh, I, I think this has been a developmental-type move, kind of like what they did with Brian Cook where early in the season. Cook wasn't getting a ton of run. He was really kind of the third safety. Um, right now, Connor is you know getting a little bit more playing time out of necessity because of the injury to Cook who's now your, your, your starting free safety. But I, I think overall, I, I would say that um, you like what you see from Condor. The pick last week was really good, and that certainly was very promising. He gets raves around. We're talking about a guy that was getting some snaps with the ones early on in the season because he played everything. He is – maybe I think they drafted him for LeJarrius Sneed. Like, if they're not going to have the money to bring in Sneed, now I think clearly Sneed is maybe earned that extra contract from the Chiefs, but cut from the same mold. Guy that led Virginia Tech in sacks back in 2019 as a defensive back because no defensive backs blitz better than the Chiefs in the NFL. Spagnola is just the best at blitzing and using defensive backs and disguising uh, blitzes. Belichick used to be great at this too. Like that was a kind of a, a watermark, high watermark for the Patriots in their run was blitzing. But Connor could do it, man. He could play safety. This guy you trust at nickel corner. He he's a jack of all trades, and this is a guy they like. It's why it was my favorite draft pick when they made it. On draft, I was like, this is my dude. You know that, because everybody kind of got their players that said, yeah. I'm going to like this Shamari Connor. Shamari Connor, man, keep an eye on this guy. Keep an eye on this guy, because I think when you think of this young secondary in the direction they're going, um, he fits right in there. And I think a guy like Justin Reed helps him out a lot. I think just having that, you know, because I think Justin Reed's having his best year as a pro, but just having someone like that in the, just that deep, Deep. It's a young defensive back room, except for Justin Reed, who brings that veteran presence. Uh, but nobody blitzes better than Spags as far as the secondary is concerned. And, and teams are starting to take notice of it. Uh, media is starting to take notice of it. Chiefs and how well they blitz uh, from the secondary. Oh, yeah. like th- That's kind of been the story of the team really since Sneed took off uh, a few years ago. It's been that they are so good at those slot blitzes. And I, I think Tremari could very well be the next coming of that great blitzer from the slot because, you know, we, we know the Chiefs like to kind of move their safeties around, play them in different spots. And, yeah, I, I think Tremari is probably going to go along the lines of what Justin Reed is doing. And, uh, you know, if that's the case, then his ability to blitz, his ability to come up and play that short, like, middle, mid-range zone over the middle – going to be really important. I think he's kind of shown you a little bit of promise there. She's uh, now third in sacks in the NFL. A lot of yes. it comes from the second. Half. Yeah, a lot of it comes from the uh, extra blitzers that they send from the linebacker and uh, linebacking core and from the secondary. Uh, B.J. Thompson was their next pick. He's not played this year. He's been active all year, inactive all year long. I think we both agree that this was a redshirt pick by the team. This was a move that was uh, very much about them trying to draft and we, we we talked about this a lot before the draft draft a guy who was a freak athlete that plays an important position and if he develops into a starting caliber player 
they found a gym. And I think that's kind of where they are with B.J. Thompson. He was undersized when they drafted him out of Stephen F. Austin. Um, had to put on about 20 more pounds for them to be a little bit more comfortable. Uh, hell, he put on 20 pounds from his playing days to the draft day. He had to put on 20 pounds. So I like his potential. Um, again, it's, it's going to be a wait and see. It's like, it reminds me of Tano Passanio, who came to the Chiefs as a 1AA player. Yeah, except in the, in the case of Passanio, who's a second-round pick as opposed, to, difference. Big as difference. opposed to being a third-day pick. Big in, difference in the there, I get you that. But as far as your experience, and a lot of yeah. that we talked about last week, you know, now you can, with guys hopping the transfer portal, getting that extra bonus year from a COVID and using it so teams don't have to exactly. But they had no eligibility left. I mean, they had to, he had to go, but I'm saying this is helping NFL teams. B.J. Thompson – Incredibly athletic and really shined in the postseason all-star games. Uh, I can see why they got him. Yeah, he's a former Baylor player, and then he, he left and went to Stephen F. Austin. Um, so, really talented kid, and I, I certainly think that this there could be more to come from him. Uh, but, yeah, this was not a 2023 pick, and I think we both saw that when they took him in the first place. Uh, next pick, Keandre Coburn, defensive tackle out of Texas. Snacks. Has not played. Has not played. I mean, he played week one. After that, he was, uh, you know, kind of sitting on the bench. Then he was then he was released, put on the practice squad. He was uh, signed by Denver from the practice squad. Then very quickly was let go. Chiefs signed him back to the practice squad, and I believe now he's in Tennessee, where he's on, I believe, is he on their practice squad or is he actually on their no, roster? No, you got to take him. He was on it. He came back to our practice squad after Denver, so he had to go active roster. Yeah. He had to go active roster if you're going to poach him from the practice squad. So Tennessee had to had to throw him on there. Yeah, so and he's got one tackle. He's got one, one one career tackle now. Yeah, yeah. So he's not played very much this year. Uh, I did not think. I, I mean, I think we both thought he would actually get more playing time. This I year. thought he might. They, there was a chance he could lead the team in snaps. I was way wrong on that one. Yeah. So uh, you know, hope it'd be nice if they could get him back at some point. I certainly. Still really like the... Because of the experience. The experience he yeah. had in Texas. I mean, the guy was always on the field. And, you know, I just figured he'd be in the rotation, to be honest with you. But something... I mean, I know that Speggs liked him. He did. I know that, that he likes his potential, and he just wasn't ready to be. And, again, I don't think the Chiefs, you know, have that extra red shirt to throw at guys. Uh, right. They were kind of they were kind of crunched on their roster anyways with wide receiving core situation being what it was, where they had to find some room for Justin Ross and... Running back situation, what it was. Tight end situation, what it was. So, yeah, I mean, they were kind of crunched, and, and he kind of became a, a casual He played that. in the first game for the Chiefs because Merck Jones wasn't here. Yeah. He played in that game and had a tackle and had a tackle for a loss. Yeah, he did. Again, they, he, had, they hadn't played except he, for he played it on 12-17, the Tennessee-Houston game, and he, and he had one tackle. He yeah. got one tackle, and he was an assist. That he got uh, playing for Tennessee this right, past weekend. Right, so, uh, like I said, I, you know, all the best to him. I, I'd, I'd love it if he were able to come back, Casey. Um, but, you know, I think the Chiefs, they're they are pretty deep on their defensive line. And so that was kind of a position where there was going to be a little attrition if you needed to make room for another player at a position group that had more needs at it. Um, and then, finally, you had Nick Jones, cornerback. Uh, he's only appeared in seven games. No stats. Well, he had that tackle. Yeah, he had one tackle. He was against the Patriots. Yeah, one tackle. He was like, oh, there's Nick Jones. Yeah, yeah, that's that's it, though. Like, Nick Jones has not played a ton. Uh, 
I'm not sure he's going to be on the team next year because who was it? Was it Nazi Johnson who had a really good camp? If Nazi Johnson did not tear his ACL, I don't think Nick Jones would have made the roster. No, but then also Boye Doe. Echo Boye Doe. Yeah, Echo Boye Doe has been, has actually like. He's he's been really good on special teams Stopped as well. Stopped the ball at the one inch line. It was great. It was, it was, it was really nice. I've seen in the NFL. Yeah, and Echo Boydo was another guy in training camp that you know was you start you were hearing some stuff about, especially as a special teamer. So yeah, uh, kind of a tough situation there for for Nick. Yeah, I'm not sure if he's going to be on the team for very long, just because um, when Nazi comes back, that's going to be really interesting to see what happens there because he was getting a lot of hype before he got hurt. So. Yeah. So moving on, me and me and Bink had this debate this weekend. Um, last Thursday, the uh, Los Angeles Chargers got clapped by the Las Vegas Raiders, sixty-three twenty-one on Thursday night football, and, and 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 it was very apparent after the game. Like, oh yeah, we've been talking about Brandon Staley's job for a long time, and it very much seemed like this is the time. You you lose by forty-two points on national TV. Uh, you know, this is the time where you got to you got to get him out of there. And the next day they fired him that Friday. And you had a pretty interesting take on teams firing their head coach in the middle of the season. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like when when, when teams do this, especially with the uh, the finish line right there in front of us. Because here, here's the problem. And, and who knows what's going to happen here. They have a tough schedule, but it's the NFL and teams – do stand up and beat teams that aren't supposed to beat teams. We saw that with Tennessee and Miami just uh, recently here. But you never know what's going to happen. And the 49ers dropping three in a row, losing uh, in dramatic fashion, especially in that Vikings game, throwing a pick uh, to the same guy. And they lose three in a row. And it's crazy. The NFL's got some weird things. But my thing is this. <laughs> the Chargers, which I do have them taking Brock Bowers. I think that's a good fit for what the Chargers have. They were picking 10th. They lose that game to the Raiders. They bump up to fifth. Now, they're seventh right now. They've, they settled at seventh. But there is this, there is a log jam of teams, basically, between really four, you know, and 13, 14, a log jam of teams. My philosophy is if you have a coach that sucks and a coach where the team has quit on them and you just have a couple games left, I don't want an Antonio Pierce situation where all of a sudden the players want to play for that coach. Like it's the worst thing for an interim coach to come in and all of a sudden the guys get a little bit inspired for it because you don't – if I'm owning a team, and I, again, it's Kansas City Chiefs fans, I, you know, you don't give a rat's ass about the Chargers draft. But I will say this, I think this year is so important with this draft because they, they were sitting literally two spaces away from Marvin Harrison Jr. where I think he's going to go third when they went to fifth. They're not going to get him because the Cardinals are going to get him. But they almost blew it by having a good first half against the Niners. But I want the team – to play as bad as it can and finish out the season, fire Brandon Staley as soon as the season's done, boom, uh, fire him and, and move on from him and get a different coach. But I don't want any hope for this team. I don't want any promise. If I'm an owner of an NFL team, I want the highest draft pick I get. That's my only concern is sometimes players can get inspired by an interim coach. That's my only fear. Brandon Staley's doing a great job of being a bad coach. First off, he's not a bad coach. 
he is a 500 record as a head coach at, 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 for the Chargers. That's not a bad coach. We've seen bad coaches. We've seen Art Shell. We've seen Romeo Cornell. We've seen a lot of really bad coaches. He, he's he can't. He's not a bad. Do coach. anything without Justin Herbert. But Nothing. again, but a lot of coaches can't do anything without their starting yeah. quarterback. Look at look at Tom Brady. Look good, at the uh, he's look at the Patriots coach. this year. What the Raiders did to him is that, that's not but, a good coach. But here's my you know he's he's a good coach. He's just not someone that you are if you're trying to win a Super Bowl you want on your team. Well, analytically, he didn't know what the hell he's doing. You know, he, he knows what he's doing. Like I said, he has a 500 record. That's not a bad coach. He kept his team out of the playoffs two years ago. Yeah, but that's not a bad coach. Okay. That's just a coach that you're not going to win the I championship. I think he's single-handedly that's, 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 I mean, they, they went to the playoffs last year. I mean, it's it not a bad coach. They blew a 27-0 lead? 100% they blew that, that, that lead. But, that's again, that's not a bad coach. Okay. There's not a bad coach who has a 500 record in three years. That's they've, not a bad they've, coach. They've quit on him. Here's my thing about it. How many times do we see? First off, do you know what Antonio Pierce's record is with the Raiders right now? Was it two and two, three and three? Oh, three and three. So yeah, he's, he's five hundred. Yeah. Like he's not. They're not a good team. He has helped them basically be a five hundred team, which the the Raiders right now still are right around that mix to be a top ten picking. Still, team they went out in the history of that team and scored more points than they've ever scored. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, it, and the charts supposed to be good on defense because Brandon Staley's about defense, and they can't play defense. Yo, no, they, they're they're. I mean, we knew they weren't good on defense early in the season. I mean, we they they just let J C. They traded J C. Jackson back to the Patriots. But that's just where I stand. That's that just, that's but, just my but, opinion. But my thing is this: first off, it, there's not that many cases where interim coaches rally the team and they start winning a bunch of games. As a matter of fact, in the last five years, can you guess how many coaches who have been interim head coaches? Have a five hundred or better record in the last three in the last five years. Well, I think Rich Basaccia did Rich a great Bisaccia, job yeah. at Oakland or with the Vegas and got him in the playoffs. Yeah, he went seven uh, and five. Chuck with Pagano the, with the was Raiders. a great one uh, back in the day for the Colts. Really I'm talking about years. I'm talking about the last five, just the last, last five. five years, just last five years. I don't. I didn't think about it. Three, that's it. Three. There's been ten interim head coaches the last five years. Three of them have had a five hundred better record. I just one don't of want them, to take the chance. One of them was Rich Bisaccia. But the Raiders did not fire him because of Gruden being a terrible coach. The Raiders were three and two when they fired Gruden. Um, he got fired because the racist, sexist, homophobic things that came out in that email in those emails with Bruce Allen when he was working for ESPN as their color commentator on Monday Night Football. That's why he got fired. So Basaccio took a team that was uh, above five hundred already, and they went seven and five, and they made the playoffs. So. It, Again, it's like he took a team that was already like trying to win anyways. They weren't a bad. I, I, I just team. look at it, and it's then, too far in the tenure, but, Chris. But They're 29th in the NFL in defense. He's the defensive mastermind supposedly. Yeah, when he gets a but defensive coordinator, if you don't have the personnel. It doesn't matter. They do. Matter. They, they do bring not. in J.C. Jackson. They brought in Khalil. J.C. Jackson was They're not good. Khalil for them. Mack on the opposite side of Bosa. J- they let Drew Tranquil Khalil, walk on a Khalil one-year contract. Khalil Mack has had teams. injury problems. Joey Bosa's uh, had injury problems. Oh, I man. Like they're they they do they're not the a problem good, is they're, they're not, not doing what he's supposed to be good at, which is defense. Yeah, and I, here's my thing: we rarely see interim head coaches rally the team. Rarely. Do you know what the record is for interim coaches the last five years combined? It's probably not great. Thirty-one and fifty-eight. It's probably not great. It's a thirty-five percent win this, percentage. But one win. Can screw you up about six spots in the draft. One damn win. Yeah, but they're so a they terrible have, team already. They can go one and two. They're Who a cares? terrible team Just, right Can now. they get that one and, win? And, and here's the thing. Here's another thing about it. Like I hope they go out and win a game. Who's their man, head coach? Except for the Chiefs. Who's their head coach? Who's their, their interim head coach? It's their right? linebacker coach. Their outside linebacker coach, Jeff Smith, is his name. 
How many times has he been? A, how many years has he been a head coach in his coaching career? He hasn't. He's never been a head he's coach in his rising. Career. He keeps rising the different levels. Keeps ri- rising where? Has he ever been a coordinator at any level in his career? No, he's been never. The, he's he, never been the the highest he's ever reached is the position that he's at right now right. as an interim head coach. Well, here's 50, the thing: the bottom, is, the bottom line is the bottom line is you're not going to change my mind. He's my mind is made up that you don't hire old. an interim coach. But that's, we he's, agree to disagree. He's been. You, you he's think been we're right. you're for, not going to convince me he's otherwise? He's been coaching for 32 years. And he's never been a coordinator. He's never been a head coach. It, it, it it's is, very well, apparent Kellen to me. Well, Kellen Moore turned it down. Well, yeah, I Kellen wouldn't Moore want to coach. I wouldn't want to take that job either. No, I 100% agree with that. It's a terrible job right now. He's been a coach at the Chargers since 2016. Yeah, since 2016, and he's been coaching linebackers. Like, all he's done, he had one year as a receiver's coach. Actually, no, he had one stint as a receiver's coach in college. Uh, which was his first positional coaching position. After that, all he's done is coach positions. How how are you fifty five? Like, remember Vic Fangio, who got oh, his first coaching job yeah. as a head coach in like his early sixties. He had been a coordinator for many years. Oh yeah, Jeff Smith's never been a coordinator. This isn't a good head coaching hire. Is he's it like Jeff or Jeff? I, I I don't know. Like I'm saying old, I'm saying yeah. I'm Jeff. saying Jeff. <laughs> I'm gonna assume Jeff because Giff is a stupid. It, it might be Giff, yeah. but it's a stupid nickname. Yeah. But like. This is a positional coach. They didn't hire Kellen Moore. They didn't, hi- they didn't hire the D.C. They hired the outside linebacker head coach as the interim coach. They're not trying to win games. They're clearly trying to lose games. So I, I think like, I-, I would understand if this was a team that absolutely needed a quarterback, but they don't need a quarterback. They're good on quarterback. They just paid their quarterback his second contract extent. He's got his he got his second contract already. I wonder why Kellen Moore turned it down. I Kellen guess Moore turned it down because it's not a good job. Three, yeah. They're not a without, good team. Without Justin Herbert, yeah. They're not a good team. He's got Easton Stick as his starting quarterback now. Come on. You think they're gonna be you think they're gonna be the Bills, the Broncos, or the Chiefs yeah, with these North Easton Dakota Stick? State, North Dakota State quarterbacks aren't working out. Easton Stick West, has been playing in the West? NFL longer than than Justin Herbert has. He was he's been on that Chargers team since 2019 and they drafted Justin Herbert the next year. They don't think that Easton Stick is good. They're clearly trying to lose as many games as possible. They fired Brandon Staley because and they and they brought in they they promoted Jeff Smith because Brandon Staley was a better coach than Jeff Smith. That's why. They're clearly trying to tank and it's very obvious that everything's falling apart. Like if you want to talk about this for like the Bears, hundred percent agree with you on the Bears, but the Chargers, I don't think that. I well, don't think that. Well, I, I don't think. I, it I hope the Chargers actually were thinking outside the box and and named Giff Smith because they want to lose. I, I hope they literally looked at their coaching staff and said, "Let me get somebody that sucks to be the head coach." Oh yeah, the worst get the guy, guy who's never been a coordinator. That's yeah, a good. We don't want that's a good way to do Let's it. get somebody in here to lose every damn game and keep them on their schedules. Ridiculous. To finish the year, yeah, it's you know you're probably facing off against two, maybe three playoff teams. It's very difficult. It is not going to be an easy schedule, and they just lost by 42 points to a team that's not going to make the playoffs. In the Raiders, I think we're good. I, think, I just, I just don't want them to have any. Hope, I think Chris. we're good. They're not going. Oh, they, there's no hope right now. <laughs> I think Spanos no should coach them. There's no hope. I mean, Spanos would probably. I think Justin Herbert should uh, injured us all. Just sit there and the coaches. They might uh, be polo. better. They might be better with Justin Herbert because whoever yeah, this Jeff Smith. They, they might is, actually if they'd play they play for. They Herbert. have an outside linebacker coach who's never been a coordinator. They probably play for fifty-five Herbert. years old. They probably play for Herbert. But again, you have Easton Stick as your quarterback. You're not going to win any. You're not going to win any games there. So moving on to a, our mock draft roundup. 
we have rounded up all of the various prognostications from around the uh, NFL draft world and brought to you the names of the people that have been mocked to the Kansas City Chiefs. Right now, if the season ended, the Chiefs would be picking 27th in the NFL draft. So, starting out here from draft countdown, they've got the Chiefs taking wide receiver Xavier Worthy out of Texas, which, I mean, I, if A.D. Mitchell's on the board, I want him over overworthy. It started off being Xavier Worthy for me, and it kind of transitioned to A.D. Mitchell. A.D.'s been better the last... But- Half of One thing season. about Xavier, what he got banged up too, or he did kind of, kind of, he did. You're not getting much information out of, out of Texas, but he's a returner as well. That's one thing that really helps. Yeah, but uh, I think they're fine on return. Man. But AD Mitchell's one of these guys that had to transfer. He transferred from Georgia. Georgia. He was very good at Georgia. He, he was good, and and the fact is, he transferred down there and it'd be closer to his family and stuff like that. Were, were, were the kind of the reasons, not just a, a hop, but he's six four. He's about six four, two hundred pounds. AD Mitchell. AD Mitchell. Is, yeah. Xavier Worthy's a little bit smaller. He's about 6'1", maybe 200 pounds. But like I, that. I like them both. And Xavier Worthy has been a hot, hot. Both those Texas receivers have been hot names for the Kansas City Chiefs. And you, know, you get to watch them in the college football playoffs here coming up. Yeah. Uh, Walter against Football. Good, against good defensive backs. Against good defensive backs. Yeah. So they're, it's, that's going to be an interesting match. We're not Kool-Aid. Not Kool-Aid. They're, they're, they're going to be playing have Washington. They're to get Alabama in Yeah, the they're, they're going to play Washington yeah, uh, they have to in, get the, the final. in the semis. Uh, Walter Football has the Chiefs taking wide receiver out of Washington, Romo Dunze. I do not think this will happen because I think Romo Dunze will be yeah. off the board by this point. Um, Yard Barker, which is, this is laughable, has the Chiefs taking Cooper DeGene, cornerback out of Iowa, I like DeGene a lot. Uh, I see no reason why the Chiefs would take a corner. I think it's a terrible pick there. I, I, it made me laugh. That's why, that's why I say yeah, the fine one, and this is my favorite one, Cooper DeGene, listen, I'm with you. He's also a returner as well, Cooper DeGene. Yeah, he's, all, he's very athletic. And you very can make athletic. an argument one of the better corners in, in this draft. He might he, be the most athletic one in the draft. Hurt. He got hurt right at the end of the year for yeah, Iowa. They could tore his ACL, right? Didn't play in the Big Ten title game, yeah. Uh, but I thought it was funny. That's just not putting a lot of thought into it. Because uh, the Chiefs, if they go corner in the first round, there will be a riot. If they go corner in the first, like that's like the ultimate, like, like that would be like when the Chiefs took um, uh, Clyde back in twenty twenty. It's like a, it's a, it's like them making a complete luxury pick, being like, oh, we're good. We don't like that would be like if they really seriously address the wide receiver position and defensive tackle position in free agency to a point where like. People would be like, okay, they don't need to take a receiver. But even if they do that, they should probably still take a wide receiver in the first round. It's a lower leg injury for them, so not exactly sure. And, again, you don't get a lot of information right. from schools when things like this come out. Pro Football Network has the Chiefs taken A.D. Mitchell wide receiver out of Texas, which uh, in that position, you know, late in the first round, somewhere in the mid to late 20s, if not early 30s, uh, that's who I would want the Chiefs to take there. Um Ryan Wilson from CBS has the Chiefs taking Patrick Paul, tackle out of Houston, uh, who's been a very popular option for the uh, for mock drafts here. You no know one has, and this way well, it goes back to our Wanye Morris discussion, like how important he is so that you're not sitting here talking about a Patrick Paul in the first round. Hey, you're looking at wide receivers. I mean, I, th- I still think I don't like, – Wanye would have to have – a disastrous final three games. Yeah, I mean, it, a disastrous final three games so for them key, to make man. that He's move. so instrumental. Yeah. The Chiefs don't have to use this first round pick, and we can start zeroing in on wide receivers. Right. I so I, I don't I don't really see that happening. 
Uh, Josh Edwards from CBS had them taking Keon Coleman. But that would be pick, great if he Another pick I do not see them making. But he's been sliding down a little bit. A lot of the mocks have him like, because I keep looking, where, okay, where does all these mocks have Keon Coleman, right? Some at nine. Some of them have him in the top ten. Some of them about 16, 17 is a real popular thing for Keon Yeah, Coleman. that's where I've seen him. I, I have seen him in the 20s, in the 23rd, for some big ones like CBS, stuff like that. I don't remember whose it was, but it was a good, uh, it, was, it was a well-known publication. Maybe. That would put if the Chiefs would be in striking distance to trade if that were the case. Yeah, and and like I said, the but they're not going to. Like I said, I I do not believe he's going to be there. I think he's. Pro, I think there's a very good chance he's going two or three as far as receivers go. Um, I, I the forty times going to matter a lot, but I think a lot of people underestimate the kind of athlete he is. And I think once we get to see that on display at the combine, I think that's going to really he's going to shoot up boards. I don't think he's going to be in range for the uh, for the Chiefs to take him. Draft Nation has the Chiefs taking Troy Fautanu, tackle out of Washington. Again, I, I'm not buying the tackle thing right now because I think Wanye's uh, looked very good thus far, and I, I think the Chiefs are the kind of team that if they don't have to spend that pick on that kind of player, they won't. And I wonder what part of these mock drafters get to a point where the Chiefs, this year, right now they've moved to second, the 31st in the NFL as far as giving up the fewest sacks. Only, only Buffalo has given up fewer sacks than the Chiefs. That just changed this weekend. Yeah. They've got almost the whole season giving up the fewest sacks. What stands out to you more, that or the fact the Chiefs can't catch a cold? Like you would think that, okay, we're going wide receiver with the Chiefs in the first round. I think if the offense were better, I think people would give the offensive line a little bit more credit than they are. No, they are, but I mean, they, they have given up the fewest sacks going into this weekend. Uh, Roto Baller has the Chiefs taking Xavier Worthy, wide receiver out of Texas. Draft Wire has the Chiefs taking A.D. Mitchell, wide receiver out of Texas. USA Today has the Chiefs taking Emeka Egbuka, wide receiver out of Ohio State. Same with SB Nation as well. I do not see that happening. I think Emeka's probably going to fall out the first round. Maybe there's a team that tricks themselves into thinking, and that's the reason why like, I, I had the Cowboys taking him last week because I kind of feel like there's going to be a team that might trick themselves into taking him. I do not see it for him, and I, I would not be happy if they took him in the first round. I think round. he's as good. I don't really think he's as good as Jackson Smith and Yingma from uh, Me last year. Garrett right. Wilson, Me Chris Olave, yeah. these Ohio State receivers I put in behind all those guys. And I think Marvin got all the double teams uh, for Ohio State this year. And this yeah. is a classic example. I know that a lot of these guys we like that are on good two receivers for organizations, but this is someone I definitely think benefited from Marvin, but more last year than this year. Because uh, Emeka didn't uh, play a ton this year. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I just, I, I'm not, I'm just not buying it with him. CBS's uh, Chris Trapasso has them taking Jordan Morgan, offensive tackle. What school was he out of? Uh, Jordan Morgan uh, went to. Uh, I think he's Arizona. No, no, he's Pac-12. So oh, he's, he is Arizona. Oh, he's Arizona. He's Arizona. Yeah, he's Arizona. You're Arizona. So you've got and then a great year. Jeb Fish had with Arizona too. But yeah. yeah, he went to Arizona. And then you've got uh, Tankathon has them taking Emeka Agbuka. Draft Tech has them taking Troy Franklin, wide receiver out of Oregon. Which has kind of become a popular one. There's I kind of feel Troy like Franklin. I kind of feel like Franklin's gonna be there. He might he he's probably gonna go like mid second. I think or, I think second round or in the in the in, into the early third. Yeah, I think he's gonna fall a little bit. Unless he has just a blazing forty time, which I think he'll probably have a good forty. But I think he's probably gonna fall a little bit. Um Matt Miller. And uh, Bleacher Nation also have the, have them taking A.D. Mitchell out of Texas. SI has them has them taking Patrick Paul, tackle out of Houston. The Athletic also has them taking Patrick Paul. Uh, PFF 
has them taking Xavier Leggett, wide receiver out of South Carolina. Xavier's getting a lot of run, man. Even like a lot of like being bumped up there with a top five or six receivers in the draft. I mean, there's that yeah. kind of love for Xavier. There's he's really athletic. I'm not quite buying the top five receiver in the draft thing, but I could I could see him going late for He's one of the biggest climbers we've seen. Yeah, he has. He's definitely climbed up a lot. That was a guy that I was seeing like second round before. Second or third round before, but like really in the last couple months, he's kind of bumped up to being a late first guy. CBS Sports, he had Patrick Paul. Uh, 33rd team had them taking Troy Franklin, wide receiver out of Oregon. Sporting News had them taking Amarius Mims tackle out of Georgia. Yeah, um, I know. Amarius Mims had the uh, tightrope surgery this week yeah. as well with that high ankle sprain, the so, same as uh, Brock Bowers. I think that what we've kind of seen here is there's a lot of guys who are kind of, um, they are kind of attributing the Chiefs with the same kind of uh they're kind of doing i think they're kind of doing the thing we talked about this last year where like they're kind of copying other mocks yeah. and i think a lot of people are looking at it and they're like oh yeah well they need attack donovan smith hasn't played the last two weeks and he's like 31 so they need a left tackle but i think and I, we've been saying this for the last almost two months now one a morris is a guy they really like so if you see a mock that has them taking a left tackle, throw it away. Don't 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 pay attention to it. That's going to change. I think wide receivers, unless something bad happens with Wanye, unless he just completely falls apart out there, uh, especially if Donovan's healthy and Wanye still gets starts, which I think he should, that's going to be the sign right there that he's got that job. Yeah, it's gonna. I, I do think there's some copying that goes on. I think there's a lot of copying when it comes to. Box. Oh, there's a ton. That's why I saw it early on with Xavier Worthy. I think if you if you and I were going to talk about the most popular consensus one for the Chiefs, it is AD Mitchell. It is AD Mitchell and Xavier Worthy. More I haven't seen I haven't Xavier seen Worthy. as much Xavier lately. Xavier was all Xavier over was the hot at the beginning. Him and Jatavian Sanders were the two guys that were hot at the early stages. And we of see the, some of Troy Franklin. I like some Keon Coleman that was squeezed in. Yeah, I just I don't think it's going to I don't think it's realistic. They trade down. I don't think it's realistic, but yeah, I mean, I think the two names we've seen most, I mean, obviously like Patrick Paul, but as far as wide receivers go, it's been AD Mitchell and it's been Troy Franklin. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Like I said, I think Troy Franklin right now was a second round wide receiver, maybe third, but I kind of feel like he's a second guy, maybe mid-second. But I I AD Mitchell I think is the guy that we should be looking at. If there's anybody you're going to watch in the playoffs, Watch A.D. Mitchell. Watch Texas. That's good. Watch Texas. Watch Texas, Texas is full. Of, they're, they're, they're probably, as far as draft goes, the most talented team in that in that uh, college football playoff. And watch the trio receivers. Yeah, watch those guys at Washington, Jaylen too. Polk, Jalen McMillan, and yeah. Romo Dunze. Yeah, because I could see, like, McMillan and Polk, those are two guys you're going to be watching out for on the second day of the draft. Those are two guys that will be really, really interesting. Absolutely. So, and Romo Dunze, I think, might be a pipe dream. Yeah, that's a pipe dream, I think. <laughs> to him and Keon Coleman, I think, are pipe dreams. So for Jay Binkley, I'm Kristen O'Sara. We appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to us. Uh, next week, we will not be having a show because Christmas, and I got to go out of town and all of that. But after that, it's we're going to be going down to the final stretch. College football playoff is going to be kicking it's off on. in a couple weeks here. So we will make sure we have our list of players you need to watch Which for in the college football playoff. Litmus of, it is uh, a massive amount of players. So we'll get you up on that. We'll make sure that that uh, you stay locked in on any of the news for mock drafts, the NFL draft in general. For Jane Binkley, I'm Cruz Nocero. Thanks again for listening to us. We'll catch you guys next time.